Welcome to Below the Line, where we talk about working in Hollywood from the crew perspective. My name is Skid. I'm a former assistant director and your host. Today, we're talking about The Old Man, which a couple of months ago concluded its first season on FX. Returning to the show to talk about this series is property master Scott Buckwald. Scott, great to see you again. Always good to see you. Really great to be here. Well, I am excited to talk about this show, but first, a warning for listeners, today's conversation may contain spoilers. So Scott, up front, I love this show. Definitely one of the best things I've seen this year. It is a little jarring, though, that it ends after seven episodes without really a satisfying conclusion, at least for me as an audience member. And I'm curious, being on the inside of that, talk to me a little bit about how things went down and maybe why we got what we got. Okay, well, I could address that pretty much as an audience member and a fan who happened to be on the set and had that inside information. So with that in mind, just remember all of those decisions were ultimately the showrunner and the the producers. When we started the show, it was meant to be a full, I believe, nine or 10 episodes. And when I prepped the show, we prepped all of those. We were prepping all of those scripts. So it was going to be a full full season. And Scott, I want to check in with you. This was some time ago, if I recall correctly, way back in season five of the podcast, you and I met in person to record an episode about props. We went to the ISS right. Prop House, met with Greg, and you were working on this show at that time, back at the start of 2020. Yeah, and at that point, we were just about to start filming. I, I got the call for this in August of 2019, and it was the same producers that I had worked with on Queen of the South, and they were bringing me aboard this. So I had been prepping this now since, well, I guess, September of of that year. Uh, It was a very big show. We had a lot going on. By January of 2020, when you and I sat down last, we were very deep into plans of going to Morocco, which a lot of the show, if you know, takes place in Afghanistan. And we were shooting a lot of Morocco for Afghanistan. So we were doing regular production meetings, By January, I had already started making my plans for Morocco. I was going to be the only person from the U.S. prop department going. And I was talking to a a prop person from England, as well as some prop people such as they are from Morocco. So COVID came along and shut you guys down, as it did everybody, for a period of time. Right. COVID, it's so strange looking back on this now how COVID was this mystery and we were all wondering what was going to happen. The executive producer and production designer were in Morocco at the time, working as our advance. This now is the first week of of March of 2020. And we're doing all of our export labeling, all of our paperwork to ship things overseas. I had rented, oh my God, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of prop weapons, We were doing major military scenes. Everything was starting to get shipped. Parts of my kit had been crated and boxed. At this point, I believe the LA production was shut down, but not shut down for COVID, shut down because we are now into getting ready to ship out mode. And I remember just having such apprehensions and not wanting to go to Morocco, mostly because I wanted to take members of my crew and I felt very uncomfortable just going with the crew that I was going to be getting in in Morocco. I was not happy about that. 
But now we start hearing how this virus is getting worse and worse and worse. And I'm talking to the first AD, Jeff Hansen. We were thinking, this isn't going to happen. This is going to happen. This isn't going to happen. It's going to happen. And it, it really seemed like something from some apocalyptic movie, especially in the production office. And then on the morning of Friday the 13th in March, we get this word that it's shut down, that the airports across the world are starting to shut down. They are frantically trying to get in touch with the, the line producer and the production designer to get them out of Morocco with this fear that if the airports closed down, we were going to have a real situation getting them out. They, they finally get in touch with the both of them. I remember hearing that the production designer had a bang on the line producer's hotel room door at like three in the morning. They run out of the hotel, get a van from, I think they were in Marrakesh, and they had to get a van to the airport in Casablanca and get the last flight out. I mean, it was really something from a movie. <laughs> wow. And from Casablanca, I believe they flew to London, from London to New York, New York to Los Angeles. We got shut down really just as our stuff was about to be loaded on a truck and taken to, the, to San Pedro to be loaded on a ship or a plane or however they were going to handle it. But yeah, it was a, it was a big deal. And it, it really, it could not have been more surreal. And looking back on it now, it's really hard to convey what that whole situation was like. Now, Scott, I know when things started back up, when it comes to big productions, some of them are large enough to spend the money, get right back into filming right away. On the other hand, some productions are so large that just the very size of it, trying to get it rescheduled, get everything uh, rolling again, makes it difficult. What kind of production was this? How did you guys respond to getting started again? Well, the biggest thing was at this point, we had filmed pretty much, I, I don't want to say all of, but I believe most of the LA portion or the US portion of what was supposed to be done. So when we got shut down, we got shut down hard. And as pretty much all of Hollywood did at the time. So production got shut down. The, the next week, it was a very kind of hurried wrap. I had a lot of Los Angeles props that needed to get returned everything got brought back to ISS, I was able to wrap up my situation. So really by a week after, uh, around the 20th or so of March, prop-wise, we were done. Production was pretty much done too. And there was nothing. I started writing a book, which I'm still working on. I'll, I'll send you some advanced pages on that one. Nice. But it was it was great. I mean, in some ways, I had March to spend unlimited time with my family. My son, who had just grabbed, we had his college graduate. She graduated from uh, USC film school. And we were all extremely proud of that. We had his graduation party the week prior, right before all of this went down. So he had an apartment that he was supposed to move into, got canceled. He was back in the house. So I got my little boy back with me for another year and a half. And then by around July and August, I start getting calls from production that it looks like we're going to be starting up again. Or maybe it was June or July. What they had to do is they decided to go up to, I believe it's Blue Cloud Ranch in Santa Clarita, and they were going to build our Afghanistan village in Santa Clarita. Never, ever have I been more unbelievably impressed with the job of a production designer and her art department than I was when I walked onto that set. This was not taking existing standing sets and just adapting them with some signage. They went into the hills and built a whole entirely new section of those stages. That area in Santa Clarita had already shot 
things like American Sniper. So there was an Iraqi slash classic Middle Eastern village, which we we did shoot. But further up the road, and the set is is there now, uh, everything you see, all of those scenes when we go to Hamzad's house, all of those exteriors, all those scenes of people walking in the streets, none of that existed. And uh, Julie Burkhoff, the production designer, built all of this out of her head. And I'm sure her money situation was minimal because I don't know how many millions of dollars were lost by no longer going in Morocco because there were already sets in Morocco. I lost, I don't know how many dollars worth of all of the ammunition that I had purchased from France. We had to use a French armorer to work under my direction. All of that ammunition had already been shipped to Morocco and that's a one-way trip. So once that ammunition was sent to Morocco, there's no sending it back. So production had to eat that. Restocking fees on thousands of dollars worth of automatic military machine guns and and military gear and so forth. So an entire set was built during lockdown in an area that is extremely hot. Construction guys having to wear masks and goggles at a time when COVID was at its worst. Uh, We come back in September and we go into full rehearsals. I remember taking my first trips to this village and it was just unreal. And, and, you know, keep in mind, I've been doing this for 30 years. I did the prestige on the universal backlot where I saw that turned into 1890s London. I've seen many uh, an impressive set. Nothing blew me away like this did. And once the set was dressed, once the decorator and his team had their way with it, it was amazing. And then once we finished it with propping where we had all of these Afghani rebel soldiers with guns over their shoulders and the horses and the dogs and the animals in the street. I could not have been closer to being to Afghanistan short of this. Scott, it's really, I would never have guessed that you shot that stateside, those scenes, because there's so much. There's really just a lot of work that's done on those sets. The furthest we ever were was uh, in the, I think it was the last episode, that gunfight where you see Jeff Bridges leaning out the car and it's used in a lot of the promos where he's firing out the window. That was shot on one of the desolate highways out in Lancaster. That was as far as we shot. The rest of it was always within, was it the 20 mile zone of Hollywood? We were just outside in Santa Clarita, right across the street from Magic Mountain Amusement Park. (laughs) And a lot also, the final cherry on this was the CGI that's then added to it. So when you're seeing our village, everything you see in the village is real. Every grain of dirt and gun they're holding and horse walking up and down the street is all us. The mountains, the snow-covered mountains, all of that, the CGI was so amazing that the first time I saw it, my first thought was, did they just add snow to mountaintops? And then I realized, no, they added the mountaintops to the mountaintops. One other thing we alluded to at the beginning, and that was Jeff Bridges' illness. Now, I don't know how it affected on set, but I know in publicly, I think it was October 2020, he announced that he had lymphoma. Correct. And that must have affected filming as well, as you guys are trying to finish this up. We had just started filming. Maybe we were two weeks into production. I want to say we were slated to shoot until February of, that was, what did we say? That was 20. We were slated to film until February of 21. And then Jeff wasn't there for a couple of days. You know, the first thought with the crew was he came down with COVID. And I think it was the the end of the week, Dan Schatz, who was our, our executive producer and showrunner, another person that I can't say enough good things about, somebody I got to know very well on a personal level. I think the world of this man 
but the way he led this crew through really the most difficult situation with a level of caring that should get pats on the back every time I see him. He brings the department heads onto set and he says, I mean, he goes right into it. He just goes, Jeff has lymphoma. And I remember feeling like tears well up in my eyes because Jeff is somebody that, you know, felt like my best friend. We would do trivia contests every day. He loves talking about his, his father, you know, you know, me being the trivia head that I am, we would talk about Lloyd Bridges and I would quiz him if he could remember character names from movies he'd done. You know, he knew his name, his character name from when he did King Kong. <laughs> so Jeff and I definitely had a, a rapport going. So when he tells us this, it wasn't just, you know, some actor, you know, it was somebody that to know Jeff is truly to love Jeff. And that's true for, you know, everybody on the cast. It was just a remarkable situation. So basically, you know, we get the, the weight dropped on our head that Jeff is sick. And we really, I, I don't think production could afford to totally stop shooting again. You know, we had been shut down for all this time. They just built this, this set that rivaled the amusement park across the street. Uh, so the thought was we were going to shut down filming for two or three weeks. And we were going to reschedule and we were going to shoot every single scene that Jeff Bridges was not in. To the point where, you know, we would shoot his, his perspective, his POV. We had a lot of scenes that were scheduled also in, in Morocco uh, with his, his younger self. If you've, you know, if you've seen the show, you know that we do flashbacks. So stuff that was scattered out over the course of several months would all be brought forward so that basically when, when Jeff got well and we all had those hopes that it would finish out the way it did, that Jeff would come back to us, where you know, we, we have all the toys out in front of us, we have to make use of them. Jeff left to take care of his own health and be with his family and, and take the rest and, and the time that he definitely needed. And uh, we started prepping. We shut down totally. And I was back at the prop house and we were prepping things that I wasn't planning on prepping for weeks, if not months. And we were shooting a whole new job now. And we came back in, like I said, two or three weeks, now fully prepped for a whole new perspective. The ADs had to redo the schedule actors had to be brought forward and put on hold and brought forward and put on hold. And then we all met on set one morning for day one of filming. We shot that until right through Christmas of 2020. Uh, we shot like middle of October. We shot about two months, maybe middle of October to middle towards end of December and shot everything we could possibly shoot. We sat down, shut down in end of December. Uh, we, we, retained our stages in Los Angeles. We put all of the props in the gold room, stuff that was rented. I brought back to the prop house and put on hold. Um, we hugged and kissed everybody goodbye for with masks on, of course. <laughs> We're still deep in it, right? Yeah, this is still, you know, filming in the desert with masks and goggles on all the time. Shut down Christmas of 2020. And we did not come back for an entire year. I, I picked up some side jobs. I, I worked on Lucifer. I went back to, uh, to Dead to Me, shut down for over a year. Then in, I guess, October, November, I get a call from production that it looks like we're back, that Jeff made the recovery we all hoped for. I was actually doing a J.J. Abrams uh, show in Tucson called Duster which will be the subject of another podcast one day. <laughs> I hope so, yes. When I get the call, and at the same time, there was the, the, the tragedy at uh, 
uh, for, from Rust, where the, the, the DP was killed. Uh, we came back in January. We started prepping again. By February, we were back of this year, of 2022. Now, over a year later, we started shooting. I get a FaceTime from Jeff Bridges one night, uh, one afternoon, wanting to talk about weapons and just things in general. And I'll tell you, again, as long as I've been in this business, having my phone light up and say Jeff Bridges and Jeff loves to FaceTime and having a FaceTime with Jeff, it makes me like totally giddy. You know, here I am, a, a grown man in my 50s, but getting a call from this like Oscar-winning movie star still, it's like I'm on the phone thinking, little Scott Buckwald of Pleasant Valley, New York, would, would be just jumping for joy if he knew that Jeff Bridges was talking to him on a, on a FaceTime. So we, we come back to set a couple of days later. I see Jeff for the first time. He walks over to me, all excited to see me and see everybody else. And I just look at him. I go, so, have you been? <laughs> what you been up to? <laughs> Got my hug from Jeff, my hug from Dan, my hug from my crew, everybody, you know, we were all back. And, you know, as I'm sure you know, that feeling when you get together with people that you've put in so much time and work with, that when you see them again, all of a sudden, we're like, has it really been a year? It, you could almost fool yourself and think, no, I just started this. We were just here yesterday. And we dove right into it. If, if Jeff was tired or had any problems with filming, never made it to us. If ever there is that, that show must go on mentality and hooray for Hollywood, it's epitomized in Jeff Bridges and in the whole crew who had to you know, pick up where we left off, production design that had to, to start everything back up again. You know, it's a train driving down the track at 80 miles an hour doesn't stop in, in 20 feet. You know, and then when it has to start back up again, it doesn't get to 80 miles an hour that quickly. Um, so the fact that we did was was really, really amazing. And it's great for me being in this business so long that I'm still surprised and amazed and in awe about what we're capable of doing. Well, so it sounds like you come back to film with Jeff. But from what you said earlier and the original plan, apparently some of these storylines have been truncated, at least yes. to get this season done. Correct. And that's, you know, I, I go back to really the brilliance of the writers on this, because I think a lesser group of creatives would have just said past episode seven, we're tabling those. And when we come back, we'll just pick up where we left off. And however, episode seven ends is how we're going to end the season. I don't think it would have been entirely dissatisfying doing that. But they did not leave it at that. They, they worked the script, taking into consideration where we were, trying to make it like this is the way it was intended. I think for a lot of the audience, it's a lot of stuff of if you didn't know what went into it, you wouldn't know what you're missing. And I think they pulled that off brilliantly. I know that as I was watching the show, I never felt cheated. You know, you could, uh, yes, it, it does it end abruptly, Yes, but you know, does it end abruptly? Maybe in the the spirit of the classic cliffhanger, possibly too. I I kind of felt it had a very Casablanca kind of ending. Kids, this is where you want to turn the sound down for a minute because it's a major spoiler. <laughs> Though you've had enough time to watch it now, so if you haven't watched it by this point, you know this is one's on you. Indeed, seeing Jeff Bridges and John walk off in basically, you know, walking away, it just reminded me of. You know, Louis, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship, the end of Casablanca. It just had that feeling. 
And because I don't know now really where they're going to pick up. I don't know how much of the, the episodes that we didn't shoot. I don't know how much of that they're going to save, whether the whole story is going in a different direction now. So it, it left me with this, what adventures do these two guys have down the road? You know, Casablanca never had a sequel. Uh, we will. You know, I'm hoping to be back on board in October, November. What can you tell us about season two? No spoilers for that, obviously, but give us an idea of what they're planning. Honestly, I don't even have any spoilers that I'm hiding. It's great when you're not just a crew member on a show, but a fan of it as well. I will always watch everything I work on, even shows that I am totally not the demographic on. I've done shows where it was aimed at a teen audience, but I watch every episode and I'm always a fan of everything I work on. But this in particular was something I was a major cheerleader for. I thought everything about this show was great. I was happy to be a part of it. And I would have been watching it even if I had nothing to do with it. With that said, that is really all about that I know. They've talked to me. They, they've expressed interest that they'd like to have me back. I'm hoping that the production office opens up maybe October, November. We'll see, you know, October, November very often could be February and March. So at, at this point, I, I really don't know. I have heard that we're going to find out that Jeff was actually replaced with a, a robot back in the <laughs> early 80s. And there's a scene where he falls down and we see in his chest and it's all electronics and the show is going to take a whole new science fiction in. Okay. Picking up a lot of Westworld kind of stuff. But you know, that's just rumor at this point. I really can't <laughs> confirm that. All right. Well, Scott, we'll watch for that. On that note, we're going to call it a wrap, not just for the episode, but actually a wrap on season 13 of the podcast as well. Scott, always a pleasure having you on. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Could you uh, could you fade us out on the uh, the podcast theme song that you've been working on? <laughs> it's, it's playing now. You know, <laughs> listeners, I always appreciate your feedback. You'll find my contact info at our website, below the line, one word dot biz. That's B-I-Z. you also find past episodes and links to all of our social media, so check it out. Scott, where are we going to see your work next? If not the old man, what else you got in the queue? I have J.J. Uh, Abrams' show Duster that I did the pilot for. That will be coming out soon. The final season of Dead to Me will be coming out in the fall. And that's, yeah, that's it. Well, Scott, always love having you talk about your work here on the show. My closing credits, thanks to Curtis Five for our music, John Juan for our logo, and all of our listeners, I appreciate you. Please rate us where you get your podcasts and tell your friends. Thanks again from Below the Line.